Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, we are in the home stretch of the regular season in Major League Soccer, and the West is tight. Here is a look at the bottom half of the Western Conference standings. Currently, teams in position 7 through 13 are only separated by seven points, which is wild. And we know that at this point in the season, anything can happen. Any team can go on a little bit of a run and put themselves in playoff position. Now, there is a new playoff format in Major League Soccer this year. This year, the teams that are sitting eighth and ninth will have a one-match play-in game to get into the playoffs, and then it is going to be a, a best-of-three situation crazy. in the first round. It's nuts. It's it nuts. is pandemonium, though. Pandemonium. It's so much fun. Crazy, crazy. So right now it's FC Dallas that's sitting in that ninth and final spot, and this is an interesting team. I don't think at the beginning of the season if you would have told me that FC Dallas would be in ninth, I would have believed you because this is a team that finished last year very, very, very strongly. They played in the Western Conference semi final they got knocked out by Austin and I think the expectations for them were extremely high heading into this season because of that and a guy like Jesus Ferreira who was scoring so many goals in in bunches last year and this year it has just been wildly inconsistent for them they haven't been able to win more than two matches in a row in a stretch so it's just been a it's been very very up and down they've not been able to find that consistency and they've not been able to get Jesus Ferreira on the score sheet on a regular basis, which I think is what this comes down. So here's a look at what Jesus Ferreira has done this year. And in the last seven matches, he only has two goals. Hmm. For me, Nico. Look at his XG. It's it yeah. kind of it's so it's sort of like as as he goes, FC Dallas goes. Who's his one-two? Right, because a, a nine works really well when when somebody's finding him. Is Velasco, Velasco not playing and Velasco, to the top of his abilities? It felt like last year it was Pomichol for a lot of the it time. It was, and Pomichol's been injured. Uh, Velasco has also had some injury problems this year, but he is a guy who I will say I think has underperformed this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's one of their DPs, and he has two goals and two assists on the season. That's just not the numbers. Yeah. The numbers aren't good enough. And, and in twenty-two appearances, to, you needed to contribute, and you brought him to be the difference maker. And it's it feels like it's if Jesus Ferreira, excuse me, Jesus Ferreira isn't on. On one, mm-hmm. Dallas doesn't function properly. And, of course, when your goal scorer isn't scoring, it's, it's obvious. But it feels like 
around him, everybody else should be contributing a, at least a little bit more. But it's not a dire situation. It's not it's, dire. It's, it's completely it's solvable. It's close to dire. They're in the last position, and they're about to play a stretch of about six games against playoff teams uh, right. coming up in the rest which, of their standings. Which is good. Which is Good, but that's good if, in order that if you yourself, win, right. if you yeah. win, it's a yeah. six-pointer. But it, uh, for the ones at least in the Western Western Conference, but if you don't, you're going to slide out of that last place. Right. And also, if you look at the XG in the first 12 games, it was what 4.53, if yeah. I remember correctly, and he scored eight goals. That means he's. He's finding ways to score when it's li li less likely that he will score. He's not being put in a position. He's finding goals. The next one, it's above two, and he only has two. So that means even when it's a good shot, he's not sinking it. That means there's a problem maybe with mm. his confidence, not necessarily the service, because you're, you're scoring less than your XG. That means it's a problem with him. What happened in the middle of the season? Doesn't get called up. His head's starting to get turned with a move to Europe. He, did, he believes he deserves more. It could be a situation of he may not be as... Inspired, He may not have found that move in this transfer window that he was looking for. So suddenly that, that um, you know, his ability to score or at least the, the amount that he's scoring is now starting to come down. Maybe, maybe there's a lack of confidence. Maybe he's, you know, not feeling up to it. Yeah. There's, there could be a lot of reasons. But when Time's you see the XG and if, if you want to move come the last part of the season where you got to make that playoff push and then playoffs and press there 100%. and maybe leave in the winter. Sure. Easier said than done. Well, now, now's the time, right. Yeah, but I don't, he's a DP as well. We keep forgetting. This is right. a DP. They, they, put their, they put their money with their mouths. Dallas traditionally wouldn't spend anything. Yeah. And now they go and they go get Ariola, they get him, they go no, out and Exactly. Mm -hmm. And now... He's not, he's not finding the back of the goal. I'm not putting it all on him. Dallas completely, as a team, isn't playing to the level I believe that the talent they have is playing. But you're at this point now where you need to find that form for the first 12 games if you're going to make it and stay in the playoffs. You also don't want to go into a play playing game. You want to get above that eighth spot so you can have a little bit more of a comfortable situation in those playoffs. Oh, yeah, there's something going on. Because even Velasco just got his first call up with Argentina. and it's yeah. like, So to me, that suggests that they think he's in form so it's not, I wouldn't isolate him as being the problem here. I think it's a collection of things not going according. I, 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 I wonder if the Velasco call-up is a little bit more Argentina has a base in the United States now. You're so sus about up, all the Argentina calling up, this year. They're calling up three players from the MLS. I mean, from it's, MLS it's his first, first so congrats no, to No, no, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Good for him. But Adam Velasco to the Argentine national team when there's so much talent in Argentina with all due respect to Alan Velasco, because in Argentina for Independiente, he played really well. And there were times that he balled for, for, for Dallas. Um, Let's let him enjoy his moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can be cynical later. Exactly. <laughs> Put the fire extinguisher away. All right, quickly, let's, uh, we, we hit on them yesterday, but let's chat a little bit more about Sporting Kansas City, because they are another team that could potentially be poised to make a, a late-season playoff run. If you recall, they started the season just absolutely atrociously. They didn't get a win in their first 10 mm. matches. And, and since then, they have been able to turn it around. They're Ooh, currently sitting, they're sitting in 11th on 32 points, but this is their remaining schedule, and it is not easy. This is not an easy road to the postseason for Sporting Kansas City. Can, can, I, can I do a quick poll? Yes. Looking at the schedule? Yes. Is, is it going to happen? No. No. I don't think so. No. <laughs> no. Christine? No. I'm no. So sorry. No. I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> which I'm very sorry. They, Minnesota they picked twice. up steam. 
Minnesota twice. You got you got Messi on Saturday. <laughs> no, 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 Messi, no Messi. No Without Messi, because with the national this team, is, but they still, they're playing well. I see the logo when I say Messi. That had nothing they're to do with facing Inter Miami at the right time. To be fair, because there's going to be players that are it's, it's, out for international. That game is going to be super duty. fun to watch. It will because be. It's, that's going to be Nashville, keep... Houston, then go to St. Louis <laughs> for the retribution, the lick back match. Nah, they're keep, not making it. Keep an eye though on Alan <laughs> Pulido. I'm calling that the lick back yeah. match, no that's matter it. what. We all get the lick back. No. Uh, Alan Pulido, 11 goals since early June. Um, he's been one of the hottest goal scorers in Major League Soccer since early this summer. So he is. And one the, when there were rumors of him maybe. Potentially leaving. 100%. 100%. Speaking of a man, they absolutely needed to get hot, and he finally started to get hot. Uh, oh, oh, they have been begging. They, they have been waiting oh. for what feels like years. Very Midwestern, very patient. <laughs> is that Midwestern? <laughs> is Kansas City Midwestern? Yeah, you know, yes, I think so. I think we're going the I line. I think I want to take, if Peter Vermees sees this, I didn't say that they were going to lose. I didn't say no. I said yes. I definitely yeah. said yes. But if he's not watching, no, he's there. <laughs> I adore Peter Vermees. He's one of my favorite coaches in the It's going to be soccer. very difficult. And, I mean, the thing is that when we're in this position, we see that schedule. If they yeah. get it done, it's completely applaudable. Like, they would be an incredible feat. Yeah. Hopefully right? they do save, get it done. Save this like, point. We'll lead our words. Right? We will. Right? We'll 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. We'll tuck we, the napkin. We'll eat that word. I'll bring the confetti. Deal. 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 Imbizo Zamane is going to join us when we return to chat a little AFCON. That's going to be fun. Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Qualifiers for the African Cup of Nations continue today. Here's a look at the teams that have already qualified. We've got Algeria. Egypt is on there. They were a semifinalist last year, made it to the final. Ivory Coast is actually the host. They have automatically qualified. Then, of course, we've got Morocco, Nigeria, and reigning champions Senegal included there as well. Nine spots remain in AFCON. And for more on this competition, we are absolutely delighted to bring in Mbizo Zamane, one of our very good friends. Mbizo, it's always great to see you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Absolutely delighted to be here, guys. Uh, it's such a good day when Mbizo comes on. It's like good vibes all over He's the place, the best. right? The best. My goodness. Positive vibration. Uh, we love it. Okay, so for, for those people that might not be familiar with AFCON and how it works, can you kind of give us an overview of the tournament? What's it about? How often it happens? All of that. Sure. Yeah, AFCON is uh, it's around two years, uh, two years between the tournaments. Uh, and the qualifying is actually, it's quite simple. Um, you have 12 groups with, with four teams each, and the top two teams uh, get automatic qualification, at least in this uh, edition of the tournament. And then, of course, the host uh, gets an automatic uh, spot as well. In this case, it would be uh, Ivory Coast. And uh, the opening ceremony will be at the stadium in Abidjan, the international stadium in Abidjan. And the final is expected to be in, in February uh, on the 11th. So, uh, yeah, very, very exciting stuff. And it's, it's obviously Africa's premier tournament. Uh, and it's always a delight to, to, to see these uh, African giants go head to head. 
And Bezo, explain to us the, the energy and the emotions going into AFCON because we look at it at here from our region, the Gold Cup, where we expect either the U.S. or Mexico to win almost every single time. The other nations, yeah, they're hopeful, and the Gold Cup means a lot, but it's different when the competition is more varied, like in an AFCON or the Euros, or even Copa America, from my family's perspective. I know Copa America comes around, Cheers. and every single country is super excited about it. How do the African countries take AFCON? Well, I, I think you're spot on there. I think one of the things that makes AFCON so exciting is its unpredictability. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have your perennial giants who almost always come in as as favorites or you know maybe dark horses, uh, but anybody can win. Anything can happen. And you have a lot of extremely talented minnows uh, who have players who are hungry for success, perhaps off the continent, and so they play their hearts out. And, and uh, for many of these countries, uh, footballing success is perhaps uh, the only success they might and, and happiness and joy they may experience uh, in their lives. And so it's a huge, huge tournament. Um, certainly, uh, you know, more potential winners than I think uh, in Europe or in South America. So it, it's just the energy, the buzz. Uh, it, it's, it's always incredible. The stress levels as well. Uh, so it, it's always a beautiful thing. And Bezo, I know AFCON, it must be, you know, it must be a beautiful thing in the continent of Africa. However, in Europe, sometimes it is viewed very negatively because it happens every two years and players miss time. In particular, Onana, uh, Manchester United's goalkeeper, seems like he may potentially miss up to about seven games. Um, he was sent home from the, from the World Cup uh, by the, uh, the coach, uh, Rigo Bear uh, Song, uh, and it looked like he was done with the national team. But now where it is, he may be back. What are you hearing there? And do so. There's some rumors are saying he's only going to play one game with Cameroon. Some some rumors are saying he's going to be there for the whole time. What are your thoughts? Well, obviously, he's one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and 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 certainly my expectation is that he will be playing uh, in the entire tournament. Uh, and, and really, the the frustration that comes out of Europe is 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 a little bit disappointing because when you sign an African player, uh, you, you're likely wanting to sign a top quality African player uh, with the knowledge that this African player will represent his national team every two years. Um, and, and so I, I hope. Moving forward, they keep that in mind. But with regards to Onana uh, specifically, uh, Cameroon needs him. Cameroon needs him. And yes, there seems to be uh, that there was some kind of falling out in Qatar. Um, but those uh, those relationships seem to have been repaired. And uh, Cameroon is still yet to qualify for the tournament. And so obviously this is going to be an extremely important fixture for them uh, on Tuesday. And they need him. They need him as the best goalkeeper in the world. They need him as an experienced player in, in the dressing room. Uh, and, and hopefully they do well. Uh, we would love to see Cameroon uh, at AFCON. Uh, Mbizo, you mentioned some minnows for this competition. Do you happen to have any favorite picks right now for not necessarily Dark Horse, but who you anticipate overperforming to a certain extent? Uh, yes, absolutely. There are quite a lot of teams that are emerging as powerhouses, uh, and so we can definitely refer to them as, as dark horses. Uh, Burkina Faso, Guinea, Mali, uh, and Zambia, who, who shocked the, the world and, and won the tournament uh, some time ago as well. Uh, I'd like to sneak Bafana Bafana in there as yeah. a patriot. Say that maybe we can cause an upset here and there. Uh, so there are quite a number of teams. As I said, many of these teams have uh, quality players that are applying their trade at some of the best teams in the world uh, and, and can certainly, uh, with, with a lot of determination, with some luck, uh, can, can cause some waves in the tournament. 
And Bizo, you mentioned right when you were giving an answer after I asked you what AFCON means to certain countries, and this might be the only thing that makes them happy or, or a little silver lining in, in what countries are living at the moment, it occurred to me, and I remember that there was a coup d'etat in Gabon just last week, um, and that the, the, the coup, the, the, the president who led the coup has now been put into office, um, and there's a very, there's political turmoil. I don't know if, I, I don't know the details of it all, if, if the Gabon people are happy that there's, there's a new leader calling for free elections and whatnot, but it is a radical shift in politics in the country, and they've got their national team with Pierre-Emerick Obama-Yang as, as their main guy, looking to qualify still. How do those two things come to play? Uh, it, it's funny you should ask because this is this is actually a common theme on the continent where, where sports and and, uh, and and politics and social uh, politics uh, come together uh, in union. Uh, it, the same happened in South Africa where uh, in '94 we obviously uh, we won our independence uh, with Nelson Mandela getting elected and and then soon after we won the Afcon uh, glory days. Uh, nostalgia uh, and then uh, later on we uh, we went to our first world cup in france 98 so uh, the the joy uh, and the, the 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 freedom that comes from not only um, you know having control of your own future in terms of, of politics but also the joy that comes from your nation doing well on the african stage on the global stage these things uh, generally tend to, to go together and uh, obviously gabon would be delighted it would be perhaps icing on the cake for what seems to be uh, a coup that people have welcomed change in leadership that the people have welcomed and if they manage to make it to the afcon the celebrations will surely continue all right, Mbizo, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. If you had to predict who will win the whole thing, tell us who that team is for you and why. Okay. It, like I said, it's unpredictable, but I'm going to go with Senegal. I'm going to go with Senegal uh, because they're a top quality team. I think they have the best coach on the continent uh, in Aliou Cisse, um, an idol for me, and, and I think for many African coaches on the continent. Um, and, and I think they, they cruise through their qualifying, um, so much so that they've actually invited a 15-year-old boy, uh, Amara Diouf, to, to come in and, and to experiment with him. So I think confidence is extremely high. They're the defending champions. Um, and, and, and I think they can take it again. Uh, but they're going to face some stiff competition, of course. Of course, uh, Morocco has proven that they are a giant on the continent as well. The hosts, Ivory Coast, cannot be ignored. Uh, and then, of course, you have your, your eternal competitors in Nigeria, Cameroon. Even though Cameroon is struggling to, to get in, Ghana struggling to get in, if they do, they can't be ignored. They're like in Italy. Uh, they might be paying, playing poorly, but as soon as the tournament starts, uh, these, are, these are folks that you can expect to compete. And Bizo, if Senegal is in the final, will they let lasers into the stadium? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best answer. That might be the best answer. That was the scene for me last time, man. I'm scarred uh, from that one because it was in my Liverpool loving heart was so yeah, torn yeah. because it was Mo Salah and Sadio Mane and it was just too much for me in Bizo. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, yeah, couldn't cope. Look, Afghan is one of the greatest dramas on earth. So, I, I mean, we're, we're going to see a lot of spectacular stuff as always. Amazing. Mbize, yeah. oh, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much for, for joining us this morning. Always great to see you. Thank you for having me, folks. It was always a pleasure.
All right, guys, we are going to take a break. Um, we're going to chat some Saudi league when we come back. Yeah. Wow. We're doing it. Oh, yeah. We're doing it, Diving guys. In. Don't want to miss it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back. Well, the Saudi Pro League has made a splash in the summer transfer window with uh, a seemingly endless supply of cash to buy players. Here's a look at some of the recent transfers that we have seen. Obviously, some big names like Neymar, Koulibaly, Sadio Mane. Uh, we've got Firmino, Benzema, Firmino. Jordan Henderson, the list goes on and on and on. And the transfer window closes on Thursday as Asian AFC Champions League approaches in mid-September. We're going to take stock of a few of the teams that will be competing in that. Um, and we're going to start with Al Itihad, uh, who will also participate in the FIFA Club World Cup after winning the tournament last season. So, um, Al Itihad, let's take a look. Winning the local tournament. Yes. Winning the Saudi Pro yes, League. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, let's look at Al Itihad and uh, the notable players that they have signed. Stacked. Look at this potential starting <laughs> 11. What do we think of this? Christine? I think in Benzema, I trust, but that aside, you have Romarinho, Fabinho, Conte. It's, just, it's kind of insane because it literally feels like a team that you just like fantasy threw together. <laughs> it's what it this feels whole league like. feels like it that. It really does, yeah, yeah. right? Like you're playing with your little brother and you're right. like, I'm going to beat you. And you're like, how do you know to put that player with that player? And you're like, watch me. This might be the closest thing to like, remember when Pablo Escobar would fly players oh, to no. his jail? <laughs> like fly the world's most famous players to his jail mm. to play in like these like almost pick them games. This is probably the closest thing is that, you know, you just sort of get the greatest players you can find and put them all together. I'm going to assume there's more money involved here than duress. Hey, sure. you never know. Um, <laughs> seeing the level of defense uh, in these games, watching what was the game between Al-Hilal and Al-Itihad from this past weekend, the, the Saudi Clásico, uh -huh. um, it's not great. And Al-Itihad's back line as much as you can have Kante covering ground and Fabinho covering ground, they're not center backs. And I question how strong that back line is to fare against top teams in a Club World Cup, for example. Yeah. And can I ask you a question? Yeah. If you go out and buy Neymar and Benzema and some of these big name players, you really want to stop them from scoring? <laughs> you think the fans <laughs> want to see them not score? If you're Al Itihad, yeah. No, I, mean, I think I you think probably think. want to see a competition, but yeah, you're going to want to see goals. Buddy, we're here for the, come on, yeah. this is this is showtime. Yeah. This is, this it's, is, this it's is a little bit, and, and We're here for dunks, after, after not for shots. After seen some of the highlights, the pace of the league is, is very slow. Um, well under, I, th I think, in, in, in my eyes, well under Major League Soccer, for example. Really? The pace, it, it's... Uh -huh. I'd agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I think that assessment's accurate. I don't think it's an overstatement. I don't think that you're being flowered. Yeah. What, what do you attribute legitimate. that to? I think that it's still a, a burgeoning league, yeah. and they're trying to figure things yeah. out. And just because you add 
you know, faster players into it's your too systems. Easy for them. It, right, it doesn't. It doesn't mean they're going to make everybody else faster. It means that they're probably going to acclimate to what the natural cadence of play is for these other players. Also, mm. if you don't make me run fast, I'm not going to run fast. You know what I mean? If you're a Neymar, right. if you remember right. when Neymar would get a, that's just not personal. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> as a player, Susanna's laughing like, is anything going to make you run fast? Sirens would even make this guy run fast. <laughs> but uh, do you remember when Neymar played for Santos and he'd get a pass and defenders would back up like four yards, five yeah. yards, and he basically got all the time to do what he wants. I mean, he's back. He's back to doing the same thing. Um, the thing is with Al-Hilal now, yeah. um, it, I think they have a more complete team if okay. you look at their let's 11. Take a, let's take a look at, yeah. their, um, at their starting 11. Because n not only, you, you could look, you could look, you yes. could look at, at the stars of, of Al-Hilal and Mitrovic stands out and Milinkovic Savic, Malcolm, uh, Ruben, Ruben Neves. Neves. But, but hey, look, uh, Al-Shahrani started at the World Cup. Abdul Hamid started at the World Cup. Al-Bulai started at the World Cup. Kano was, was their six or their eight. He played multiple positions. Al-Dawsari scored against Argentina. Koulibaly's there. And, yeah. and you add Koulibaly, Bodan's a top goalkeeper, uh, Malcolm is dynamic, Milinkovic Savic, you know how good of a playmaker SMS, he is. amazing. M Honestly, two Serbian players, as good as four. And, and you add <laughs> Jorge Jesus, who's a manager that has known, that has been able already to win continental silverware with Flamengo. He's showing up to the most coveted uh, Saudi Arabian Pro League mm -hmm. um, that has won the AFC Champions League before and they're expected to win the Champions League again. And if they ever make a Club World Cup again, which they probably will, they look scary. This this is a this is a good team. I, I this compared is two hundred and fifty million dollars in spend yeah. before Neymar. Before Neymar, mm -hmm. and you you compare that to the likes of a Flamengo, for example, that has one Copa Libertadores, and they they show up to a Club World Cup completely bolstered with a lot of star players. Uh, I, I would like to see a game between the best of South America and that Al Hilal team. Mm. Uh, that is, I got one better for you. How about this? I don't. Maybe someone has said this on the internet. I don't want to claim on the no, first. No, whatever it up. is, no. Uh, MLS All Stars, I was Saudi just pre, that. Saudi Pro League All Stars, I, and right. I put together what a best eleven of the Saudi Pro League might look like. And this is pretty crazy. Up top, Benzema, Cristiano Ronaldo, Neymar in the midfield. Firmino, Ruben Neves, and Golakante on your back line. You got Koulibaly, Alex Tellez. You could bring in Marcel, uh, Marcel Tisserin, uh, who plays for Al Atifak, but he used to play for Fenerbahce and Wolfsburg, and uh, Roger Ibanez. I was trying to look for yeah. who else is a center back. Think about that squad against Messi I, and whoever I, else Messi I wants. Don't, I don't, on I don't that even think you need so to go that far. I, I feel like something along the lines of reunion. Uniting Messi and Ronaldo That's back together. That's the point. Is, they play each you know, other you again. You can just have an Al Nasser in, in Miami. Oh, are we giving them marketing ideas now? <laughs> I know. I, we've all imagined I, this would take place again. Columbus. I don't think, oh, you know I don't think we're giving them ideas. They're probably they're way ahead of us. Uh, yeah. Could this happen? Yeah. It's possible. It's absolutely it possible. It would be Yo, Messi is playing in Major League Soccer. Anything's possible. Anything's possible, yeah. yeah. You'd Let's have to do that game at the same. Ohio State, I'm assuming. Wait, why, why Ohio? That's where the next MLS All Star game. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you think I just pulled that out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where else would you put the star studded in that besides Columbus, Ohio, dude? <laughs>
I know. Skyline yeah, Chili for me and my homies. I don't know if that, I know it's in No, Columbus, yeah, Columbus. Yeah. What is, what's Columbus known for? I don't think Their they food? have. Do they not have a, a food? food? Thing, no. Columbus people, tell us what food Hell. you're known for so Alexis <laughs> can probably trash on it. But that's usually what he does. You figure a guy my size wouldn't trash on this stuff, right? <laughs> oh, boy. That was fun. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, Christina Uncle is going to join us again because there was some drama in the Porto match over the weekend, and we're going to dive into that after a quick timeout. He's like, yeah, you want to go to dinner after this? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back. Well, over the weekend, we saw a wild refereeing controversy unfold in a match between Porto and Aroca. In the 90th minute, Aroca were up 1-0 when Porto were awarded a penalty. So the ref went over to the monitor to check VAR, but... There was technical difficulties and he wasn't able to communicate, so he then had to According to the referee. According to the referee. So he then had to get on a cell phone in order to make his decision. So FC Porto (laughs) put out this statement following the incident. Does not correspond to the truth that the electrical outlet available in the stadium's overhaul zone did not have backup energy. Turns out that the cable originally connected to the stadium's energy source uh, wasn't connected to the VAR equipment, meaning that the system has been running on batteries since the start of the game. So basically, uh, it wasn't plugged in. It was. It wasn't plugged in. Oops. <laughs> so he was unable to. He was unable to basically walk, watch any of the replay. So he was relying on communication from the other officials via cell phone. Which, I mean, I. I yeah, I don't know. Is it an how official it cell phone or his own personal? That's a great question, but guess who might be able to answer <laughs> our many, many burning questions regarding this. That is uh, the one and only Christina Uncle. Christina, thanks so much for, for coming back two days in a row. This was wild, what we saw over over the weekend. First of all, have you has there has there ever been an incident like this? Like, is this an unprecedented event in refereeing? It's uh, well, first of all, let me uh, let me make sure I can, uh, you know, get an answer here. So hold on a second. <laughs> Okay. Why is my we, we have Hold to cancel on. this interview and do it another time. It's no. Yo, Chris, Chris. <laughs> all right, all right. I, Yo, I, I just I'm got right, the answer no they want me to tell you. I just got the answer they want me to tell you. No, okay, no, no. great, great. Um, this is not unprecedented. Um, it's it's happened before. Uh, you know, I, when I took a look at this and I saw all of the outrage, I'm like, go figure. Now we have controversy surrounding just the VAR technology and system in and of itself, which the laws of the game actually, uh, you know, mention and they address in advance that you cannot invalidate, so sorry, Porto, you cannot invalidate a game due to malfunctions in technology. So there's a couple of layers to this. Not sure where we want to hit first, aside from the fact that, yeah, this was actually standard protocol. There is always a default in case the technology does not work for some reason, right? That might be a miscord here, you know, the electrical plug not put in properly. Uh, we've had it, seen it here in Major League Soccer a couple of times this year, just two or three, when there was an actual power outage when the stadium hits. Uh, it happens in CONCACAF more often than we ever tell you guys. And how we know is because someone brings out a big old walkie-talkie and gets on it. So essentially, the referee did exactly what he was supposed to do. VAR recommends, because the VAR still had access to 
the video replays, a clear and obvious error. And as soon as the referee gets there, there's a technology issue. He could hear the referee uh, or he could hear the VAR, couldn't hear the VAR clearly. Uh, that's able to be communicated within stadium. And truly there is, whether it's a big old walkie-talkie or there's an actual cell phone, right? Um, that is the secondary mechanic is uh, mechanic that we do. Now, what's very, very important and has been very clear in our procedures for VAR is to ensure that the referee is be is visible and able to be seen at all times. So it's not like this referee is running around into a tunnel and taking a phone call and being all inconspicuous. I know I'm crushing everyone's theories of drama and controversy, but this is the actual recommendation of when the technology goes down, how we end up communicating with each other even through you, a secondary name. Even if you can't see the images, you can take recommendation. Yeah. If, you, if, you're, if, it's, if the play is recommended to go to the monitor for the, for the referee to see the monitor and he can't see the monitor, he takes the word of VAR. So essentially, VAR is taking the on-field decision to revert the penalty, to rescind the penalty call and not the on-field referee. So the referee always, even without technology, still has the power to take that recommendation or not. So if you go to the monitor and you are 100% convinced, no, you know, this is a penalty and your VAR is saying, no, I think that's wrong. You know, if you could see it, it would be, you know, he completely missed the ball or missed the foot, got the ball completely. And the referee still doesn't want to take that recommendation. That is all within the power of the referee to determine whether or not they're going to take the recommendation, even when technology is down. Here, the referee decided, I'm going to take this recommendation, even though I can't see it. And trust that my VAR and assistant VAR that's sitting in that room have the best interest, know exactly what they've seen, and are explaining it to me enough that I feel like I can be convinced over what I personally saw on that field. So ultimately, the decision still relies on the referee whether or not to take that recommendation, regardless of whether there's technology malfunction. So, Christina, for me at least, it's a little bit insane that this is the protocol that's been decided upon as the probably the most unblemished, most streamlined way of making this call. Why is it that they didn't, or in your opinion, I'll ask, why is it that they didn't just make it so if you don't have the ability to utilize the VAR ref or VAR technology, that the field ref ultimately makes the call and that's it, end of day? It, it just, for me, if there's incidents that keep cropping up like this, whereby they've, oops, I've left it unplugged, and somehow that plays out favorably for one team or the other, I feel like that creates a lot more impediments in the rule and interpretations of the rule than just going with whatever the field ref ultimately called. Does that make sense? And it does make sense. And I mean, the field ref can continue to go on with what they call. So a lot of it's going to come down to the scenario, the context. And that's where we're still giving that referee the ability to have that discretion to be able to say, you know, I either knew what I saw and or maybe I wasn't 100 percent sure, which obviously you should be calling penalty kicks if you're not 100 percent sure that they are penalties um, and get that recommendation down. So that still allows the leniency for the referee to still have ownership and be able to manage this game. Then, you know, kind of going to that second part of the question, right, you know, would this be used tactically by clubs? You know, this was the home team. Um, Porter was down at this point when the penalty was given, right? Uh, and it would have, been, you know, equalized for them um, if it would have stayed. So I understand that all of this frustration leading into it, but I still think it's appropriate to allow and leave it to that center referee to make that decision. I know a handful of referees who, if they would not have access to that screen, they respectfully would say, thanks, but no thanks. I have nothing to overturn my call and I'll move forward. So it then comes into essentially the training, the development, and 
understand what the protocol is per that league. I jumped into their league tournament rules to see if there was anything specifically like that. There wasn't. That essentially trumped over IFAB laws. And that's why, you know, IFAB still allows that referee to have the discretion. They're still the referee on that game. They still want to have the decision. And we don't want to have, uh, I forgot what name of that game show is, but the person calls in the banker, right, and tells them how much, like, to offer. <laughs> like, that's not what they want that perception to be. So they still want the ref to have the final decision. Uh, Christina, you may not know the answer, but I'm interested. I think most fans would be interested to find out that the backup for a visual system is either a walkie-talkie or a cell phone and not some sort of mobile visual device like an iPad, something where they can still see what the action was and be able to make that decision. What are Is that standard across the border? Is that specific to the Portuguese league that the backup to a television screen is a phone call? Well, the, it's not that there's a backup to the television screen. That's just for the verbal communication in and of itself. So the reason why you probably can't patch in an iPad um, or maybe some other type of a monitor or some other device, right, like a, a Clip Pro, or you go back and you take a look at some type of video platform, is because those are not synchronized camera uh, signals. So the reason why CONCACAF did not have VAR in its World Cup qualifying leading up to it is because that feel or that stadium wasn't certified to become a stadium var certified uh you would have to have all the cameras synced uh ifab come in take a review and all these other technologies wouldn't have all of the synced cameras broadcast plugged in so that it's in real time and that we know that if i'm taking a look at you know the 18 camera angle i know that it's completely synced with the behind the goal camera angle so that i'm able to make the same decision uh, at the right time so it's more of a technology of saying the camera angles and those feeds wouldn't be able to be processed through any other platform but the platform that the VARs are using, which is a closed circuit system so that it's not tapped into and it continues to protect the integrity of what the VAR and the referees are looking at. Ah, by the way, I think it was it who wants to be a millionaire where you have the lifelines? Was phone, that phone a friend? Phone a friend. What were the other options? 50-50. Hold the audience. Hold the audience. That's it. <laughs> uh, Christina, thank you so much uh, for answering all of our, our burning questions. Great intel, as always. We appreciate you. Wait, wait, no wait. We, I need the final whistle. Oh, we, we, yesterday she didn't have the final I whistle. Forgot. I totally forgot. Me too. I yeah, forgot. Geez. You, you got to give us oh, the final whistle, whistle, please. Christina. All right, ready? ready? We, we, no, no, hold up, hold up. World World Cup final, oh final whistle. Uh, sorry, Ted. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nailed it with authority. Uh, Christina, thank you so much. You're the best. Thanks, all. See ya. <laughs> oh, man, that was wild. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, Jenny Chu is going to return with some headlines when we come back. Stick around. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, um, in a what I'm going to say is a, an egregious display of disrespect 
from Real Madrid. They spelled Jude Bellingham's name wrong. How do you even pronounce this? No, this you is know in what? the locker room. You know what? Good. Bellingham. Good, because he's English, and the English cannot <laughs> pronounce Martinez. But they say Martinez. This is this is the clapback. <laughs> we got him back, baby. Bellingham. 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 They still have the H in there. Bellingham. 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 There's it's a type thing. Look what you've done, Ray. Look what you've done. My question is: the person that's putting every letter and puts the M before the G, they don't. Hey guys, we got it wrong. We got to fix this. I think they just got so excited and also were so focused on it being straight each letter that they just whoopsie daisy. No, I think they knew. I think they were like, go ahead, say Martinez one more time. I dare you. Definitely. That was definitely. The word tea is in there. You guys drink tea. Martinez. How do you Martinez? Get it yeah, It's nice. what you do. Remember, we spilled it in the water and it created a war. <laughs> Remember that? The, the Boston Bellingham. Tea Party. Bellingham. Jenny, do people misspell your your name <laughs> a lot? Jenny Chu. Is it Jenny? I mean, it's, well, it's <laughs> no, no, Jenny. Her last name Chu. It's only My four last letters. Name gets butchered yeah. all the I time. was gonna say. I bet because it's it's only four letters and it seems quite simple, but I have a feeling that yours is one of the names that people just cannot yeah. grasp. I don't know why. I, I don't either. So I mean, it makes sense that it's so easy for me, but no. People misspell it all the time, too. Like, mm -hmm. forget the I, like, flip the U in the I, constantly flip the U in the I. When yes. I've known people for years, Chewy. I'll look over on their phone <laughs> and they misspell my name. I'm like, come on. That happened right. to me. You come did that on my phone. You're like, really? And I'm like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Alexis. <laughs> Alexis. I'm like, what are you talking about? Everyone just spells it. It's so easy. It's four letters. I just all right, guys. The phone. <laughs> for the last set of headlines this morning, Jorge Villa has been fired as head coach of Spain's World Cup winning national team, a move that comes as Spain's fans. Football Federation looks to distance itself from the controversy surrounding disgraced Federation president Luis Rubiales. Villa was the subject of criticism a year ago with 15 Spain players refusing to play for Spain while he was still manager due to alleged mistreatment of players. The Spanish Federation stuck by Villa, who then went on to lead Spain to the World Cup title, but have now dismissed the title-winning coach, citing the need to restructure the Federation. Monse Tomé has been hired to replace Villa. She served as Villa's assistant since 2018. In England, Manchester United has released a statement on Brazilian winger Anthony following allegations of domestic abuse that were revealed earlier this week. In the statement, Manchester United said that they acknowledge the allegations made against Anthony and noted that the police are conducting inquiries. Pending further information, the club will be making no further comments. As a club, we are taking this matter seriously with consideration of the impact of these allegations and subsequent reporting will have on survivors of abuse. Anthony was also released from international duty with Brazil earlier this week due to that. In MLS news, Maxi Morales' return to New York City FC has taken a sad turn with a veteran midfielder being diagnosed with a torn ACL that will rule him out for the rest of the season. Morales had only just returned to NYCFC last month after he left in 2022 to join his boyhood club Argentinian side Racing where he struggled for consistent playing time. The 36-year-old midfielder spent six seasons with NYCFC before leaving last December, captaining the side to the 2021 MLS Cup title. In international soccer news, the FIFA World Cup Club World Cup in December will be the Saudi Pro League's chance to match up against Europe's best. And Saudi champion Al Etihad learned their path to a potential showdown with Manchester City after the tournament draw was held yesterday. Karim Benzema and Al Etihad will play Auckland City in the first round to open the tournament, which takes place from December 12th to December 22nd. 
Manchester City and the future Copa Libertadores champions will earn automatic berths to the semifinals. And CONCACAF champion Club León, Urawa Reds and Alali will round out that field. And finally, the shortlist for the Ballon d'Or will be announced later today. 30 nominees for the men's award and 20 nominees for the women's awards will be unveiled. You can check that out on Box to Box at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Nico Cantor, who is your favorite to win the men's award this year? I can assume and guess it will be Lionel Messi. But who else do you think? Yes, I think it's between Messi and Haaland. We have to consider that the Ballon d'Or change their criteria to how the award is given. Hmm. It's now given in the football calendar, not the calendar year. Before it was whoever performed best from uh, January to December, and then the award was given at the end of December. Now it's whoever performed best. This is essentially the beginning of the 2022 to the end of the 2023 season with the pinnacle of the soccer world smack in the middle of that calendar year. And it's Messi having a legendary performance throughout the entire World Cup and winning the World Cup. Um, and playing at Inter-Miami, because he will win as an Inter Miami player if you win. Which is crazy. So uh, it's it's either between Messi, the favorites, and, and Holland, who won the Premier League as a prolific record goal scorer, and then winning the Champions League. Christy, what about on the women's side? I feel like I don't Aitana Bonmati had an incredible Similarly World Cup. Similarly to Messi won. with the men's, Bonmati. Um, I feel like Bonmati deserves it. Oh, oh, she's had a year. Do you think she'll get it, though? I feel like... Yes, you win they, the World Cup. There should be no question. You win the golden ball. Listen, win, nothing mean, will surprise me around women's soccer at this point. <laughs> I mean, Sam Kerr also with, with her season. Sam Kerr had with Chelsea and then season. her, her World, World Cup I mean, there's so many, so many names that could be on this well, short Champions list. I'm excited. League, Ch Champions League World Cup. Yeah. And player of the tournament. It has and then to be UEFA named her Easily player of the year for the season. It, it feels like the natural successor out of after two Alexia Putellas Ballon d'Ors, yeah. it will stay in Spain. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. I just wonder. It'll be on Box to Box, guys. Make That's sure you right. tune in yeah. because I'm, I'm excited for that short for I'm, I'm not cynical. I'm all for oh. Bon Matisse winning. I just, I feel like when I expect something, the exact opposite happens for reasons that are beyond known. You're protect, protecting yourself. I get it. I do it all the time. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Let's do it again tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone.